Hey, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day, there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 112, and today we are going to be finishing up our conversation with Jake Maurer about year two out at the NDSCS Land Lab. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple's podcast app, we have it on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back into this conversation. Uh, I got Jake Maurer here. We recorded uh, uh, part one of this episode, so if you have not listened to episode 111, I would encourage you to go back and catch uh, part one of Land Lab Year 2. Uh, we are now going to jump back into that conversation uh, with Jake Maurer, uh, agronomist here at RDO Equipment Company in the Midwest Ag region. So... Um, yeah, let's just get back into it, Jake. Uh, when we left off on the last episode, we were talking about a lot of the lessons learned. We, we gave our listeners the overview of what the trials looked like, and now we're jumping into lessons learned. We had talked a little bit about what, uh, what weather had done to us, um, no different than uh, most people throughout the United States and throughout the world. Crop season 19 was a tough one. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, weed resistance, what we learned there, and how important uh, timely application and uh, scouting is when it comes to uh, weed pressures. And uh, then we, we left off the conversation with setup, being planned, being prepared. Uh, I mentioned a couple of those uh, the issues that we ran into with the planter. We were what we were what we thought was as planned and as ready as we could possibly be but when we got to the field we just had overlooked a couple small settings a few different things and I guess I say small settings but if you accidentally plant a 50,000 pop across your entire cornfield you're gonna run out of seed in a quick hurry so yeah it it I say small um they really are big important things but you get out to the field at field edge and a lot of things can be overlooked now we're going to jump back into that Jake you got a couple more stories to share about some of the things that can be overlooked and some of the struggles you run into if you overlook some of those settings and and uh situations so Tell us a little bit about uh, the next lesson learned. Right. So, so kind of to to recap one more time, and we're not going to go back through the whole thing, but you know, there was this underlying theme of being able to empathize versus sympathizing. So, not just seeing it through your eyes, but living it through your own experiences and being able to share that, tell the story, and uh, share the knowledge, and and really. We learned a lot of things. The weather taught us a lot of things. The ground taught us a lot of things about how it interacts with weather, how it interacts with products, and, and you know, talking through resistant weeds and that. That's no different. Uh, one last thing that we really – this just came up within 
a few days of uh, recording the podcast. So keep this in mind that this is kind of hot off the press kind of stuff. Um, we were going through the scale tickets, going through the settlement sheets, and noticed that we were way off in what our estimated, well, not seemingly estimated, we actually thought that that was our final number for yield in our field. We thought that we were going to break an average of around, what, 85, 90 bushel an acre on corn, which wasn't positive. It sounded like another Jake's Acres type of experiment. Um, but we found out that we were not even close to that. And that goes back to that whole point where you, know, you hear the dealers, you hear the um, instructors, you hear extension, you hear the universities, all the academics, you hear everybody saying, hey, you got to go calibrate your yield monitor if you want good yield data. Hey, remember, you got to calibrate that yield monitor. This is how you calibrate your yield monitor. This is the value of calibrating your yield monitor. You know, when you're dealing with brand new equipment and you really think and you, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that we all put into it. Um, and, and I'm going to paint you a picture of why this assumption on our behalf kind of took place or this, uh, overlooking or, uh, you know, the overthinking or underthinking, I guess it would be took place. But, um, to paint the picture, uh, as of right now, 50% of the corn in North Dakota has been harvested. I don't care what month you're listening to this. If it's probably April or May even of 2020, that number isn't going to change a whole lot between when this was recorded and the first part of January or sorry, the, the last part of when this was recorded at the last part of January to anywhere leading up to planting, that number is not going to change a lot. And we had experienced our first major snow really mid-October. Uh, it was right, right at that freeze, right when we were expecting that freeze, that freeze came, that snow came, and then the melt started. And it was at the point where we were getting no more GDUs. Any sun we were getting was melting, which was actually going the opposite direction of what we needed. We needed, we needed it to freeze dry more in order for the, the fields to firm up for us to go get that crop. And so it started kind of this, this log jam of, well, whenever you can get in, you get in and you go get that crop. So our window came right before Thanksgiving and, and really thinking about it, you know, at Thanksgiving, we were anticipating another major uh, weather system to come through a lot of snow, a lot of really uh, for that season, believe it or not in North Dakota, that's unseasonably cold is what it was going to be. Um, and a lot of challenges that we could have potentially been facing. So once again, just like everything else, it's like you think, you think, you think, and you plan and you get ready to go. And then, oh, well, there's our window. We got to go hit it now. And we had what was a model year, uh, what was a model year 19 or 18 combine new model, regardless, it was an S770. It was a, a new combine regardless of what year we're going to talk it was a new combine with those expectations that combines will do a certain set of things of this day and age not really recognizing or realizing that we were missing a lot of those technologies like the active yield we we didn't have um ica2 and some of those newer features that kind of will will give us you know, some added benefits, uh, in the ability to maybe overlook a couple of things because the machine will help us along in season, but we didn't realize that. So that was kind of our first mark against us. We didn't really realize that we didn't realize that that yield monitor was never calibrated. And we didn't realize until the settlement sheets sheets came across that we were off by 
a thousand bushels on an eight, uh, not even an 80 acre. This is a 40 acre patch. We're talking, we're off by a thousand bushels. And, you know, when you're getting a call from the school and they're like, hey guys, you know, we can't find a thousand, we can't find a truckload on 40 acres. And Tony and I are like scrambling, like scratching our heads. Where did this, there were only three trucks that went to the elevator. Where is this fourth truck that we're missing and why are we so far off? And that goes back to those little things. We didn't even take our own advice. We didn't even, it never even crossed our minds to take our own advice. You need to calibrate that yield monitor. And as a result, we end up with this awesome looking map that says we we ended up we were happy with 90 bushels an acre and i'll be very honest when we post calibrate that data set we're not breaking an average of 60 like you said jake we didn't even take our own advice we we tell people calibrate your your yield monitors make sure your calibrations are done if you want good clean data uh, fortunately within the john deere operations center we do have the ability to post calibrate uh, get the correct numbers in there, but we overlooked it. We uh, the the previous year we did have a combine with uh, auto maintain the full combine advisor package with active yield. Uh, active yield was automatically calibrating for us. This year with the S seven seventy that we used, uh, we overlooked that. We did not have active yield. Uh, it didn't calibrate for us. Again, we were scrambling to get this crop out. Quite frankly, if we wouldn't have got it out that week before Thanksgiving, we would have ran into snow. Uh, the the week after Thanksgiving, we had a, a trade show, an ag show uh, at the Fargo Dome here in town. The week after that, our entire team was down in uh, Florida at some John Deere Large Ag Integrated Solutions training. So it really everything kind of came stacking up and we just had to get it done. Looking back at uh, overlooking some of the technologies or the calibrations, shame on us uh, not practicing what we preach. Uh, but again, it was eye-opening. It, it was real life. No matter how much we plan and and we have everything set and ready to go, we had that combine picked out you get to field edge and there's certain things you forget about. Uh, and, and we realize, we understand that this is real life. This does happen. And that's why we really, we stress the importance of calibrating your machines, whatever calibrations are available, making sure all of your settings are correct. Take that five, 10 minutes to slowly walk through all of that stuff, whether it be you yourself, it be someone from RDO equipment or your local John Deere dealership, or maybe it's your agronomist that you do it with, get a second set of eyes on there. Um, Get somebody to look at it, somebody to help. Uh, We know that it's very important when you do that. So yeah, it thousand bushels, we we thought we lost a truck somewhere between uh, the the short trip between the field and the elevator, but really it came down to the combine was not calibrated. We uh, we ended up and and again to to make everybody aware, yes, we uh, we were at at or around sixty bushel an acre average on that corn crop. It was a very tough year. Uh, some of the the uh, areas of that field were very unforgiving this season. And again, we're not looking to raise record yields. We're really utilizing this to uh, use it as a learning experience for the students, for RDO equipment, as well as anybody else out there that that is able to learn from this, whether it's through the podcast or our other forms of media. So 
yeah, huge, huge learning year for us, Jake, yeah. when it comes to the the different things. Uh, maybe it's machine settings or it was weather or it was uh, weed resistance. There was a lot that played into it. Oh, absolutely. There, there definitely was. And the cool thing about that is that those challenging seasons um, offer tremendous opportunities to learn. I mean, those plots, they weren't showy. Uh, once we got some of those weeds cleaned up and we, we took care of some things, it was interesting to see completely different weed populations come out as a result of that. Last year, we had a lot of lambs quarters. Uh, this year was a lot more water hemp. Uh, we saw different species come out, different herbicides kind of break, um, you know, in action. We got to see the true differences in those crops. And we got to see the the trials really stood out. And that was in a tough environment, but I think regardless, it was really good to see it in that environment. And for creating a learning, a living learning laboratory, I think that it far and away um, more than surpassed our expectations for 2019. Absolutely. And although we had a tough growing season, uh, it wasn't just us, it's everyone in, in the uh, ag industry, uh, most of the ag industry, it was really, it was a tough growing season. Even though we had that, we learned a lot of lessons. We were also able to get a number of guests out to the field to learn some stuff. Uh, I'll mention one of them uh, off the top. We were planning to have um, some a number of internal employees. Uh, we had a training all put together uh, down at the North Dakota State College of Science in Wapaton. We were going to have a training. We were going to do it out in the land lab. About a day or two before that training was uh, scheduled, we uh, ran into some rain. We got some precip dumped about an inch and a half on us. <laughs> Quite frankly, that field out there, we we get a half inch, and that field is uh, um, you're not going in there for a good week or two. So it it's really it is tough but uh, we use it as a learning experience. So we were not able to get the internal employees out there. Um, That is a hope for year three here going ahead. But Jake, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the guests that we were able to get out there? Absolutely. And and even with the the employees that weren't able to actually, you know, we weren't able to actually train in the field by having that land lab and by having that venue, uh, it kind of gave our team the ability to see a different venue for hosting that conference. And it's a, a place that we're actually going to go back to again this year where we're going to have that opportunity to potentially have that field day. But even if not, w- we got to change our venue and it was a really awesome opportunity to see things in a different light and to see uh, we, we split the groups up in, in smaller sizes than we ever had before, which for those of us teaching, we did a lot of talking. Uh, we drank a lot of water because <laughs> there was a lot of talking going on when you're teaching, you know, eight, 16 sessions instead of say four. But wow, what a great opportunity it was anyway. And we did get some of those employees to come out and see it. Um, you know, even after the fact, I couldn't get any of them. I got to have uh, Scott Shadler's interns help me drive some posts. That was much, much benefit, you know, to me. I was really, really glad to have help with that. I kept offering. Nobody was taking me up on driving my 70 posts in the ground and making sure everything looked good. But gave some interns the opportunity to see what it's like. You know, in the middle of the summer to be driving posts, to be staging the field for shows, for for plots, tours, and and to get eaten up by uh, bugs as the, uh, you know, as the sun started to set. So a lot of them said that was the latest night they'd ever worked in their lives. So 
um, for Scott and, and his uh, interns. I, I greatly appreciated that. But a guest from, from John Deere uh, from uh, the Intelligent Solutions Group in Des Moines, Iowa, had some great folks come out and, and see the Land Lab in person. And, you know, we can tell the stories and we can talk about it on, on the podcast and we can tweet about it and we can show, uh, you know, we can create PDFs and take pictures. But there's nothing like seeing uh, folks that on a daily basis aren't out there in the field and they are knee deep in the soybeans or the, they've got corn, you know, they're, they're right in the middle of the cornfield and they're just eating this up to the point where we all but had to pull them out of the field to go to lunch. I mean, you're skipping lunch to stand out in the field to go and look at crops, whether they're in good shape or not. It's really, there's something um, that was truly rewarding about that where, where Tony and I had the ability to host a group like that to, to show show what we're doing and show the, the lessons we're learning. We had a number of interns, our own internal interns, John Deere interns, and we, and we let them run pieces of equipment that they may not get to run. I mean, not everybody gets to run a 9RX. Not, not everybody gets to run an exact apply sprayer. Not everybody gets to do some of these things, and we were really glad to be able to share that with, share that experience with people that otherwise wouldn't get to. Likewise, the... The NDSCS students, we had three field days out there. Even when it rained, we made the best of it. We shared stories, shared insights, uh, went through the data sets. We had a really great time, and I'm, I really am thankful for the ability, um, the opportunity that we had to bring them out, get them into the field, help us conduct some of our research, and, and just share the, the land lab experience with them. And along with those John Deere employees, the team from uh, ISG, uh, our internal employees out there, of course, we had the opportunity to bring the students. The students in the ag programs at uh, North Dakota State College of Science down in Wapaton, North Dakota, we got to bring them out in the field. A number of their classes, whether it was the, the soils classes or the precision ag classes or whatever it may be, they got the opportunity to come out to the land lab and learn uh, from us, from their instructors. So having them out there was a, a huge thing too. And just to remind everyone, you know, that's really our that's really our goal. We part getting the opportunity to partner with the North Dakota State College of Science is huge for us at RDO Equipment Company. And really, our our give back is for the students to learn. We want them to learn. We want them to get something out of it. Uh, it's just a, a bonus on our end to be a part of it and for us to learn internally about our equipment and uh, kind of put some hard agronomics into what we're doing and the equipment that we sell and support. Jake, let's give our listeners a very brief sneak peek at what year three at the Land Lab is going to look like. What do we plan on doing out there? Well, in some cases, you could look at it as a lot of the same. Uh, we're going to keep the corn-soybean rotation. Uh, we are going to rotate the second-year corn into soybeans this year, and we're going to take that corn plot that we did on the north end of the field, and we're bringing it south uh, for, for year number three. So half that plot will be no-till. We have uh, They flew on a cover crop uh, blend last fall, and so we all we actually harvested green as well. So they're going to have that blend. We're going to deal with the cover crops again in the in the spring, trying to figure out terminating that cover crop. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see that. 
for the soybeans on that north half of the field. We have a couple of ideas in mind. We don't really know exactly uh, what will happen until we get out there. Uh, that's kind of the beauty of a lot of the things we do is it's, hmm, what's everyone dealing with right now and how are we going to make that relevant? What can we learn from it? Um, you know, this year we're thinking maybe a speed trial would be kind of fun to see if you're going super fast with soybeans, what that looks like. But a number of different things, a number of different cards up our sleeve, but, uh, you know, stay tuned. Year three, we'll have a really fun recap of, of what we learned out there. And that brings up a really good point about staying tuned to what we have going on out at the Land Lab. Jake, where can people go to learn more about the Land Lab or maybe see a little bit more about what we're doing out there? Absolutely. So if for any reason you find yourself in southeast North Dakota, for some of you, you may actually live out in this area. So if you find yourself out by Wahpeton, um, we're, we're down just actually directly west of the Walmart in in Wapaton. So if you can come out to the field in person, awesome. We would love to have you. For those of you who can't, and it's definitely understandable, uh, you have a, a lot of listeners all across the world. So I completely understand if you don't have the ability to just hop on a plane or in a pickup to come down to Wapaton. Um, check us out online. Now by online, I'm, I'm not going to give you just a normal web address and say, go to this and see and learn more. I'm going to give you kind of the backdoor uh, ability to see what we have going on in real time. And I'm going to do that via our login with our My John Deere account. So if you've never been on uh, My John Deere in the operations center before, this is your opportunity. You have a, a live working farm that you can now see firsthand. And, and to access that, go to www.myjohndeere.com. And here is the login and password. Uh, the login is landlab demo, all lowercase, and then the password, and, and watch out for this one. It's really challenging. It's the exact same thing with the number one. So land lab demo one is the password. Not supposed to share that, but, uh, you know, one of those things that we, we want to be transparent, and, and that's the exciting thing is that the data is only as good as those who are working with it, and that's the biggest, best thing that I, I feel like is the greatest gift that we could offer is the ability to learn from our land lab experience um, and learning it through your own eyes as well. So those are the easiest ways to see the the real hands-on stuff. Um, follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at RDO Jacob M. Uh, that's, I, I'm usually up to date keeping things um, going on on my Twitter account when there's things going on at the land lab and, and a lot of stories that we're telling. And I try to share and be as transparent as possible uh, with everything we've got. Some of the challenges uh, that we've got, some of the positives, I try to show the wins. We try to have more wins than losses, but it seems like we learn more from the losses. So um, this year we had a lot of those, but uh, give me a share there or give me a follow and uh, we'll, uh, we'll have more to come. We definitely will. Absolutely. Like Jake said, uh, go on to My John Deere, utilize that uh, account that we have set up for the public to see. Uh, follow him on Twitter, ask him questions. You can follow me on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any other questions on the uh, North Dakota State College of Science Agriculture Land Lab. Um, we're very excited to continue to work with uh, NDSCS and uh, be a partner with them. Uh, working on this. So 
Thank you very much, Jake, for coming in, kind of going through this two-part episode. So much information to share. I mean, we could continue on and on and on about all the lessons we've learned and some of the trials that we're completing out there. But uh, in podcast fashion, uh, keeping this to our uh, 15 to 20-minute episodes, we'll have to cut her here and kind of leave people hanging for any other questions or ideas that we could potentially share with them. So uh, thanks again for doing this, Jake. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Thanks for the listen. I uh, I hope you learned something. I hope you found that uh, we've gained a lot of, of great lessons from this and a lot of shared experiences that we're, we're excited to continue and we'll talk to you again next year. Visit rdoequipment.com backslash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you have missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on any device or streaming service.